We so thank you for joining us at Connections Podcast. We, as educators of human connection, invite and encourage healing and facilitate personal growth through impeccable honesty, rigorous personal responsibility, and vulnerable humility. We invite everyone who's interested in gaining greater connection with oneself, others, and God to continue on your educational road to happiness and joy through our simple yet life-changing three-step curriculum. First, search our library for personal learning, podcasts, videos, and workbooks. Second, register with our classroom for familial, parental, expert, and business classes. And third, join our community for personal coaching and group practicums. Thank you again and enjoy our podcast. Good morning and welcome to Connections Classroom Podcast. And we're going to discuss um, the topic of gratitude and um you know, it's Thanksgiving time, and uh, for those of us that are here in America, um, Thanksgiving has particular meaning of getting together with family and friends and giving thanks for the things that we have, um, for possibly our health, for our relationships. And today, this morning, I want to talk about giving thanks for you, giving gratitude to you. So I want to talk about love of self and the ability to care for self and what a loving gesture that is to primarily, first off, take care of you. And so often we don't have permission to do that. You know, we, we're a culture and a society that really is focused on care for others, take care of others, and we don't get a lot of permission to focus on oneself. And so in this season of gratitude and thanksgiving, I'd like to um, give permission to, to anyone who's listening to think about self and, and, and give your, yourself an opportunity to, to <clears throat> feel grateful for who you are and what you do and the love that you give to other people. So self-care is really what I want to talk about this morning. Self-care is a novel concept for so many people. And in this busy world of being responsible for families and work and school and the demands on oneself, um, all in attempts to stay connected with each other, we struggle to care for the one person whom we need to connect to and whom we can only care for, which is ourselves. We are responsible completely to care for self. So we oftentimes overlook our physical, nutritional, spiritual, emotional, financial, social, sexual um, wants and needs and disconnect from ourself and therefore from our ability to care for ourself. And so everything we're going to talk about this morning is going to be an invitation for you to really look and assess uh, you and see where you need to spend some time in nurturing and nourishing yourself. Because truly, truly, you are the only one who has the ability to do that. Um, so self-care historically has been looked upon by many as a self-centered act where a person engages in caring for oneself and would be perceived as selfish and not in tune with others. This ideology is changing in our world, and self-care is being seen as more of a positive and desirous activity to participate in. 
But the idea of focusing on self has been seen as a self-promoting act, an act that only includes focus on self to the exclusion of others. We then have swung to the other extreme where we have focused on the other to the exclusion of self. This has been called selflessness and has been highly reinforced among um, groups of people, specifically among women. Women have been engaged um, to or have been encouraged to engage in the activity known as service, giving, helping, mothering. All of these synonyms are classified underneath the auspice of selflessness. And these characteristics are seen as desirous and self-denying, which is virtuous to many, many people. Now, let me say, I am not opposed and I do not um, think that people should shy away from helping or um, giving or participating in service or mothering, you know, being nurturing and nourishing to other people. I absolutely agree that you need to do that. And you must do those things first with yourself for yourself, and then once you are filled and you are full, then you can give that to other people. Because only then will it really be selfless. If you try to give those um, characteristics to another person without first filling yourself, you will, quote unquote, give with an agenda. You will give with some kind of expectation that you're going to get something in return. And that is not loving at all. That's actually um, what's called codependency. Um, or another way to say that, it's giving with some kind of expectation that you're going to get something in return. So the concept of self-care is a paradigm that can and does incorporate the nurturing and caring of self and simultaneously the nurturing, nurturing and caring of others. Contrary to popular belief, we are responsible and have an obligation to protect and to meet our own needs. We're responsible to share appropriately through communication with others and with ourselves. We're responsible to share and address our own emotional needs and advocate for our own selves and live within our own personal integrity. When we become adults, it becomes our charge to care for ourselves. That is our responsibility. That is our primary responsibility. And then as we have more responsibilities, then we add to those responsibilities, but we don't negate ourselves. We are always primarily responsible to take care of ourselves so that we then can care for and give to another person. When we are children, our parents, our care providers, and our environment teach us or they teach us how not to fulfill these self-caring obligations. If we don't learn how to care for ourselves when we're young, we will spend our adulthoods attempting to meet these needs through other means, such as addictions, other people, food, drink, sex, money, um, you know, to excess or um, to a restrictive measure. Uh, all those things. We'll either restrict it or we'll have excess of it, trying to get those needs met. We can engage in attempt to connect with anything to an excessive amount or to go the other direction where we withhold ourselves and we withhold from others. So self-care is the ability to love oneself self purely and authentically and to meet one's own needs or to share one's needs with another and invite them to share in meeting one's own needs. 
So when I say invite another person to meet one's needs, you are, what I'm saying there is if you need help for some reason, like um, I just got done moving um, a a, a U-Haul. We had a bunch of things in a U-Haul and um, there was only myself and my son that was available. And so there was no way in the world that I could lift up a couch all by myself. And so I needed some help. And so I said, hey, will you grab the other end of that couch? And so, um, you know, he was willing. And so we both helped each other. Now, that wasn't a, a personal, like physiological, emotional need, but it was something that I had a responsibility for and I couldn't do by myself. And so I asked him to help me with something that I needed to have done. And so um, we get to ask other people to, to uh, enter into our lives and support us to meet the things that we um, need or the things that we want. But they get to choose if they are willing or able to do that. So self-care is the ability to hold boundaries with myself and then live within my integrity. So what integrity means I, I'm honest with myself. I'm responsible for myself and I'm humble um, inside of my um, dynamic with myself and other people. I communicate openly with others and I advocate for my needs. Now, advocating for my needs does not mean that I demand everything that I want and say, hey, you should do this because I'm advocating for it. It's I share what it is that I need. I share who I am and I hold boundaries around who I am. So I don't um, behave outside of what I believe uh, to be right and good and, and real for me. Okay? So that's sharing me with somebody else. Um, we will not be able to love ourselves. Um, it, it, you know, if we, we live this way, we will not only be able to love ourselves, but we'll be able to love others without selfish motives or hidden agendas. When we learn to love, quote unquote, in this manner. So loving in this manner means I stay within my integrity. I teach people who I am. I let them understand that um, here's, here are the things that I believe in and I want and I value. And I share that with them. Um, and that will teach them that, one, I love myself. And I can also give that kind of love. I can share the love that I have for self with somebody else. So this type of self-serving love, as we call it, um, is, is driven by a desire to connect. Um, connection is one of these beautiful things that we get to engage in. However, it takes effort for one, for me to be connected because I have to be connected to self first, which means I have to take care of myself. I have to be grateful and thankful for myself and I have to validate myself and I have to be willing to be emotionally honest, which means I have to get vulnerable and I need to understand what I think and feel and want and desire and believe in and value and and um, um, uh, uh, support. And then I get to share that with other people. And, um, and when I do that, then I will be connected to myself. Okay? So when I'm connected, then I'm available to be connected with. And so the other person is doing the same thing. They're learning how to connect as well. And so they have to do the same thing in their life. And when two people come together who... Um, know how to be connected with themselves, then they can connect with each other. So when this connection happens, it is very, very strong and very powerful. 
and it is full of integrity and it's full of honesty and um, no one is trying to take from another person because both people are engaged in the act of giving freely, which means no strings attached. So one of the greatest blocks to being able to do this, to connect, one of the greatest blocks to care for self is this concept of shame. Now, I'm not going to go into great depths around shame, but I want to bring it up here because this is the thing that precludes us from being able to connect with ourselves and therefore connect with other people. So shame says things like, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, um, I should get what I want, I'm better than you. Shame creates an illusion that I'm either better than someone else or I'm less than someone else. And when shame is in the equation, we will be driven by a desire to take care of ourselves to the exclusion of another human being. Okay, so that's important. When shame's present, it will drive me to only think of myself, to be very selfish, to be arrogant. I won't want to think of another human being. And the challenge is that oftentimes, or most times, our motives will be blocked from our own view. It is imperative that we understand that, that shame, or what shame is, and how it manifests inside us, as to appreciate why we are saying, doing, and thinking, and feeling the way that we're, we're thinking and feeling. So selfishness, or the focus on self to the exclusion of others, and selflessness, the focus on others to exclusion of self, are both manifestations of shame being present in the individual. Okay, let me say that again. Selfishness and selflessness, okay, selfishness is the focus on self to the exclusion of others, and selflessness is the focus on others to the exclusion of self. They both manifest shame. Now, why is that? The reason why that is true or the truth is because the motion of exclusion or withholding or taking is or taking is present in the motives either from self or another. Okay, so I'm either excluding self or I'm excluding another. And that's not what self-care or love of self is about. It's not about exclusion. It's about inclusion. So we need to be awake and aware of how to do this, how to include, how to include self and how to include others. We just have to include self first. <laughs> so to love oneself is to care for oneself. Now, what better way to care for oneself than to have gratitude for oneself, to sacrifice for oneself, to be grateful and thankful for oneself? We as human beings have an obligation and responsibility to care for and nurture not only our physical bodies, but also the emotional and spiritual aspects of ourselves. It is imperative that we appreciate the importance of caring for ourselves because no one else can do it for us. No one else can care for us the way that we can care for us. Just like no one can sleep for you. No one can eat for you. No one's heart can beat for you. No one can exercise for you. No one can think for you. Do you get my drift? Do you see what I'm saying? All these physical things that cannot be done by another person. For some reason, when it comes to love, we think, oh, well, someone else can give me theirs. And that's actually not possible. Someone can share 
the value and, and nourishing and, and importance they feel for themselves with you, but they cannot give you their love. Like they cannot fill you so that you feel loved just because they give you some of their love. It's kind of a, a nebulous concept. So it's so important that we appreciate how to care for ourselves and that no one else can do it for us. We are always responsible to either meet our own needs and or share with another and request or ask if they can or are available to meet our needs with us. So that's where I asked for help. That's when I said, hey, can you pick up the other end of that couch? I need some help. We don't get to expect or demand for others to meet our needs. If someone's not available or chooses not to support us to meet our needs, it is not our right to react to them or blame them or resent them because of their lack of attention to our needs. We are responsible, ultimately, to meet our own needs. And we don't get to react when someone doesn't or is not capable for whatever reason, doesn't meet them. We get to be compassionate and have empathy towards them instead of anger, instead of hurt or judgment. So their unwillingness or inability to not come and support us with our needs is not personal. Um, it doesn't mean lack of love or concern towards you. It only means that for some reason they're not available to do so. Period. That's it. You don't take it personal. If you choose to take another person's choices or actions personal, you immediately move into this place of shame we were talking about. You don't want to do that. You'll move into codependency and you want to stay away from that. So you cannot be responsible and care for, or for excuse me, you cannot be responsible and care for oneself when you are in shame or you are in codependency. Um, you're in this pseudo connection with another person through selfishness and fear. If you go into shame or you go into codependency, it will feel, feel like love. However, it will not be authentic. It will not be a, a real connection um, because you're being motivated by selfishness and fear. You need to choose what lens and perspective you're going to use. Are you going to use true love or are you going to use codependent love? Um, and if codependency doesn't make any sense to you, we have uh, another uh, podcast on codependency. I would encourage you to watch or listen to that and understand what codependency is. So if you go into codependency, codependency takes from self and another. And the other one, which is interdependency, which is love, that one gives and heals the self and then also shares with another person. Interdependency, which is love is free and honest, without motives, without hidden motives. And the other, codependency, is full of fear, insecurity, and false reality. It is our responsibility to know the difference and engage with self and others in truth and honesty. So when we are taking care of ourselves, it is imperative that we understand what is motivating us to do so. So what is driving your desire to care for self? What is driving it? Is it a codependency drive or is it an interdependency drive? When we are truly caring for ourselves, we won't be lingering in the past or the future. Um, we won't be feeling resentments. We just won't. When we're loving oneself, we're free. We, um, 
we get to create a, a, a paradigm for ourselves that says, I am responsible for me. I'm responsible for what I think, how I feel, what I perceive, um, what I want, what I choose to do, and how I choose to behave. Everything falls on my shoulders to the type of experience that I want to have in life. And this is the essence and the outcome of self-care. Self-care is not only about relaxing and taking care of yourself physically. It's also about being accountable for your expectations, your perceptions, how you feel, what you think, what you behave, how you behave, what you choose. No one has permission to blame or stay in resentment. Nobody. Nobody has permission to gossip or retaliate. No one has permission to go into a victim position or withhold to punish um, and then claim that they're caring for themselves. Because caring for self does not include allowing someone else's reactions or choices or feelings or behaviors or perceptions to have power and authority or sway or cloud over you. It just doesn't. I mean, if you are caring for self, no one has power over you because you are a separate being. And therefore, you are free to use your agency to respond. This is very important. To respond to life any way you wish. Be caring towards and with yourself and don't get caught in these situations of, you know, resentments and retaliation and gossip. Forgive people truly and completely and move forward. If you need help with forgiveness and repentance, again, we have another podcast on that. I would encourage you to listen to that so that you can let go and move forward, you know, repent of these infractions that harm you. Um, and let go of them or let go of your, you know, your own stuff and, and forgive other people. These choices to repent and forgive are so important to self-care. Being able to engage in this manner with self and others is a quintessential act of caring for self. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what you're thinking at this point and how, how conscious are you about caring for self? Like wh- what, what do you actually do for self that actually cares for self? Um, are you one of these people that um, will, will get up in the morning and actually go uh, consciously take care of your body? Or do you do some kind of meditation for your soul? If you're not, I would encourage you in any way, shape, or form, whether it's spiritual or emotional, physical, financial, in all ways, you are responsible to nurture and care for you. So let me give you some examples of how to take care of yourself. So there's the nutritional, tr- nutritional. You know, eating balanced meals, appropriate caloric intake, managing carbohydrates, sugars, fats, salts, um, uh, paying attention to your digestive system, system, noticing how particular foods settle inside you and what your body needs and wants um, and how it reacts to things. You need sleep. You need appropriate amounts of sleep, recognizing what amount of sleep your body needs and making sure that you get it daily that you uh, hold boundaries around yourself so that you are taking care of yourself and getting the amount of hours that you need to rest. Uh, Exercise. Your body needs movement. And the heart rate needs to rise and be sustained in the form of exercise. You need to watch your stress levels. 
be aware of what, why, who, and when you feel overwhelmed or stressed or unbalanced and learn what you need to get back into balance and centered. Stress can be a sickness to your physical body and can cause many physical, neurological, and emotional symptoms and problems. You need to appreciate and be sensitive to your muscular and skeletal system. Your, body needs, um, your body's needs include your bones and muscles. This includes participating in activities that will nurture these parts of yourself, such as yoga, stretching, getting a massage, chiropractic care. Um, then there's dental, optatory, and auditory, regular appointments to check out these parts of your body. Uh, neurological and dermal, der, dermatological and gynecological, addressing skincare needs, circulatory needs, hormonal and female gynecological needs, such as pap smears, breast screens, etc. Financially, and this can also fall under physical care because um, it's your ability to care for yourself financially. You must work in life to earn money so you can provide for your physical needs, such as a home, food, clothing, and entertainment. Um, another area of focus of self is educational, including getting an education so you can provide for yourself. Even if you don't need a degree to make money, stay open to educating yourself for the rest of your life. Doesn't mean college per se, only to stay open to learning and expanding your knowledge of life, people, and things. There's uh, another area of, of taking care of yourself, which is emotional. Our emotional system is very complex and less noticeable to the human eye, to many people, than your physiological um, system is. However, your emotional system and your emotional needs are just as powerful and point as any physiological and can cause all sorts of uh, physical, neurological symptoms and problems if not honored, acknowledged, and addressed appropriately. So some of these emotional needs include, um, number one, feeling validated in your experiences. This is a beautiful way to care for self where you engage in a relationship or a dynamic where you get validated, whether you validate self or you're getting validated from somebody else. Uh, being able to be vulnerable and safe and have trust in relationships. Setting boundaries for myself and honoring others' boundaries and honoring or sharing your boundaries with other people and having them honor yours. Advocating for oneself. You know, sharing oneself and letting people know what you think and what you feel and what you believe in and what you value. You know, you get to speak up for self. Having empathy for self and others and receiving it in return. Feeling connected and valued and loved by self and others. Uh, sexually, engaging in a sexual relationship is not a need for humans to be happy, healthy, and feel connected to one another. If one does choose to be engaged in a sexual relationship, it is imperative that emotional connection, safety, physical safety, emotional safety, Trust, commitment, validation, vulnerability are all present in that relationship before engaging sexually with a person. Sexuality is a powerful experience and it can be used in um, ways that could or would harm oneself and another. However, when you participate in a sexual relationship in the above ways I just mentioned, um, then there's a, a pattern, a history that's been um, established with that person, a pattern of connection, a power of a pattern of safety, commitment, and trust. Then engaging sexually and having a sexual involvement can be very healing and bonding, and can deepen a person's love and respect for self and another. Uh, know that you're respected for what you believe, think, and feel, and and you know this starts with you. You must 
feel respect for yourself for what you believe, think, and feel. Socially, needing to connect with other people is a must. You need to be able to be validated by others and allow them to rely on us to be safe and secure. Um, engaging in music or arts or anything that has the ability to connect you. And then there's another area um, that I'd like to focus on is your spiritual needs. Recognizing that there are experiences that cannot physically be explained. And then another source of power other than our own is at play in our lives. This power is beyond the sight of our eyes and physical senses, but it is as real and poignant and powerful as anything we can physically experience. So engaging in prayer and meditation, giving and recognizing gratitude, you know, at Thanksgiving um, yet was yesterday and it was so fun. I got to send texts and call people and just tell them how much I love them and and that I appreciate them. And I just got to connect with them just for a few moments and just let them know how much I appreciate them being in my life. It just felt so good. Um, participating in connecting experiences such as viewing beauty in nature or, or people or experiences. Belonging to a spiritual group, like to a church or to a spiritual um, group um, of one or more people. Forging a relationship with God or a higher power. Writing in your journal, being aware of non-tangible experiences such as why do I feel close or connected to this or that. Uh, creating a relationship with ourselves in such a way that your internal voice has more sway and authority with you than anything or anyone in the outside world. That is really powerful. Creating a relationship with you where when you hear you speak or you hear that, that gut response inside you say something that that has more authority over you than anything external to you. That is incredibly connecting when you can live in that, that type of uh, dynamic. Um, engaging in a practice where you give service freely to other people. This can help to keep you centered. And it is a must uh, uh, to engage in in order to care for self. You know, like, so for example, you've got to care for self first. That's a must. And then... And then engage in a practice where you give freely to another person. So the ways to engage with oneself and connect with oneself are just innumerable. I've listed just a handful so that you can start thinking about it. So I want you to, to think about, you know, do I engage in any of these things? Um, do I need help engaging in some of these things? So the last part that I want to talk about um, here is... How, let's see, I can turn my page, like how we have learned to care for self. You know, how, how easy does this come to us or not? I mean, for some of us, we were not taught how to care for self. We were taught, you know, among other things, we were taught to um, care for other people. And a lot of us do that really, really well. Just our focus is on another to the, again, the exclusion of ourselves. And so how did we learn self-care? And if we didn't learn it in childhood, how can we learn it now when we're adults? So when we're born, we are immediately being introduced on how to care or not care for ourselves. The permission to self-nurture and the instructions we receive by example of our parents or our care providers or our environments are powerfully motivating 
and have affected how we view ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, and, and in all ways. And they have affected how we care for ourselves. Because modeling is so powerful a medium and influences us in very profound ways, we have learned particular messages regarding how, when, why we need or don't need to care for ourselves. There are so many different sources from which modeling occurs, all of which can bring out someone else's shame like towards us. So, for example, I could have picked up messages from, uh, let's say, my mother if she had a lot of shame that taught me that taking care of myself was selfish and I should never do that. And so even though that wasn't the truth, I might have learned that message from her. And so I never have learned how to take care of myself. And so I'm always looking for someone else or something else to nurture me because I don't know how to do it myself. So I might look for relationships or I might eat food to feel nurtured or I might go exercise really um, um, addictively because it feels nurturing because I have not learned how to actually um, um, validate myself or how to live inside my integrity because that's really where the nurturing and the connecting comes from. So our parents, our extended family, our siblings, friends, school associates, and other individuals or situations that we experience in our environments have taught us how to care for ourselves or how to not care for ourselves. So when we're young, we learn a particular set of messages. We learn expectations, perceptions, and a desire to stay connected to others. And thus we're willing to do one of two things. Here they are. One What's necessary to create and make peace, um, be agreeable, work things out, get along, be nice, etc. right? When we learn these types of messages to the exclusion of other messages, we oftentimes forget about ourselves and learn to only care for others without recognizing that we must nurture ourselves first. Okay, so that's number one. That's, that, those, we learn one of two things. The other message that we learn, number two, is that we learn that it's okay to look towards ourselves to the exclusion of others and thus expect things or others to work things out. Like we expect others to, to uh, uh, make things better for us or create peace for us or be agreeable with us um, so we can experience or feel connected with them. So... We either go to taking care of others or we go to taking care of self. <laughs> and neither of these two solutions of connection is going to work. They are both illusions of wanting to connect to self and others. They're both illusions. So if I just focus on me to the exclusion of someone else, I won't connect to me and I won't connect to them. And if I focus on others to the exclusion of me, same thing. I won't connect to myself and I won't connect to others. The only way to truly and authentically connect and stay connected to self, others, and God is to care for yourself first. To care for yourself in physical ways, spiritual, emotional, social, financial, any way possible. When you do that, you will generate a great feeling of love and respect for yourself. You will then want to share that love and respect and nurturing with others. It is such a natural motion to care for self and then naturally caring for others will just follow. 
It'll just follow right, right along with it. You won't need to even think about it. It'll just happen. Now, you might think, oh my gosh, how, how is that possible? How is that just going to happen? But it will, I promise you. If you will genuinely take care of you, not to the exclusion of someone, not to be selfish, but if you will genuinely care for self and live inside your integrity and understand what your needs and wants are and boundary yourself, you will naturally want to give that kind of love to another person. So I want to end with self-care strategies, okay? When you think about um, this season of the year and you think about gratitude, you think about thankfulness, I want you to think about um, uh, those things in regards to oneself, you know, how to care and have gratitude and how to sacrifice for oneself, to give to oneself. So here's a handful of strategies. I'm just going to read them to you. Practice being impeccably honest with yourself and others. Number two, be willing to be responsible for your choices and the outcomes of those choices, all the outcomes that follow. Be willing to be responsible for those. Know and become familiar with your feelings. Know what your wants are, your thoughts, your beliefs, your values, your morals and desires. And then share those with other people. And I don't mean share them like, this is what I think and you're wrong and I'm right. I'm talking about just share them. You know, don't, it's not about right or wrong. It's just, here's what I think. And, and it's not about, um, uh, uh, there's only one way to think. It's just, here's my angle. Recognize when you're upset, when you feel stressed, sad, lonely, bored, fearful, or any emotion that's uncomfortable. Understand that. Recognize it. Feel the feelings and find someone to validate them. Don't shove those emotions away and act as though they don't or shouldn't bother you. Number five, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Go through a process and if you need to repent, then repent, but then forgive yourself. Let it go. Move on. And also forgive someone else. If people have offended you, don't hold on to those. Even if they haven't asked for forgiveness, forgive them anyways. Number six, be willing to let go of expectations and resentments. Number seven, know what you can change and accept what you can't. That's a serenity prayer. Be wise. Know what you can change. Know what's yours and know what's not yours. Accept what you can and accept what you can't change and let it go. Number eight, create and hold appropriate boundaries for yourself. Boundaries are there to protect you and others. So know what your boundaries are and voice them. Number nine, learn how to communicate clearly and directly. Share your feelings. Be responsible for what you feel. Don't expect others to fix or heal or do something for you. You are responsible for that. Number 10, make affirmations and repeat them daily. Like, I am lovable. Or, I can do hard things. Or, um, I'm really smart at math. You know, get some affirmations and repeat them. Number 11, exercise. That's kind of an obvious one. Number 12, Get appropriate amounts of sleep. Make sure that you are having 
a, a, a set pattern of sleep patterns. You know, go to bed at the same time every night. Don't don't throw your weekends off. A lot of us will go into the weekend and we just sabotage ourselves asleep. Go to bed at a similar time and get up at a similar time, whether it's on the weekend or holidays or on vacation. There really is no such thing as making up sleep. I don't know where that belief came from, but you can't make up your sleep. I mean, once you've missed it, you've missed it. Number 13, eat nutritious meals. 14, um, know when you are bored, hungry, lonely, angry, stressed, and tired. Check in with yourself several times a day and know how you feel and what you need. 15, stay in the present. Like be present, be in the moment. Know where you're at in the moment. Like, you know, if it's 10.08 in the morning, what are you thinking? What are you wanting? How are you feeling? Be present. And 16, make a plan or structure that you will follow for yourself every day. Do two things each day that feel nurturing for you in the areas of physical, spiritual, and personal. So that plan and structure, that's kind of like get up at a certain time and have your day planned so you know where you're going, you know who you're going to interact with. You have um, some kind of an outline that you're going to follow. So it's not just get up and wonder what you're going to do today or, or you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got to do all this stuff today or I don't want to do it. So I want to share something with you before we end. Um, I I was talking to a young woman the other day, and this is one of the things that she's learning about how to take care of herself. You know, she has a fear of, um, 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 like, oh, let's see, how do I say this? Someone, someone close to her was wanting her to own something or apologize for something that she didn't feel was appropriate for her to apologize for. And um, she and I were talking, and it became apparent to me that uh, she had a fear, fear around apologizing, because she felt like if she apologized, then it would say to her, she's wrong, or she's bad, or she's weak, or she's only doing it for them. And she felt a lot of shame. And so she didn't want to apologize. And what was happening was, is that she wasn't able to really take care of herself, because her fear or her shame was deceiving her and keeping her from truly being able to um, show forgiveness for herself and also the other person. And um, it wasn't allowing her to recognize that that maybe she had done something that was offensive to them, or maybe not. I mean, she, she really didn't know. But the point was, is that her fear was so strong that it precluded her or it, it created fear in her to apologize. And so it kind of got her stuck. And it was saying, you know, um, I don't want to apologize because I'm going to look stupid or it's going to say that they're right and I'm wrong. And so it was keeping her from really loving herself. That's my point. It was keeping her from really being grateful for her ability to recognize that um, saying I'm sorry did not mean that she was wrong and they were right. It just was an uh, an act of of um, grace that she gave to herself and to the other person. And so uh, shame will say I'm wrong instead of you know I did wrong. And it's really frightening to own when you've done something wrong. And so you know 
as I was talking to her, I said, you know, did you do, did you feel like you did something that could have been offensive? And she's like, well, I, I might've, I might've done that. And I said, it's totally fine to own that you could have done something inappropriate. It doesn't mean that you are wrong or that you are inappropriate. It just means you've done something. And so being able to apologize is an act of self-love. Isn't that amazing? That when I can humbly say that I am sorry for what I have done and how it's affected you, it is a protection and it is an act of loving of oneself. And so, um, you know, it was really powerful for her to learn that. So I would encourage you to, um, when you feel like you're in your shame, your shame is keeping you from really connecting and loving yourself. So um, look at your relationships, look at your life and see how much self-care and self-love you give to yourself or how little you give to yourself. And I invite you to, um, for even if you start off with just a minute a day where you sit in a space and think about you and feel some gratitude for you, where maybe you, you mention two things you're grateful for about yourself. You know, maybe you point out two areas of your body that you're really thankful for. So I, I wish you all um, many, um, many good thoughts. And I love this time of year. I love, um, you know, all of us collectively as a human family, um, focusing on um, acts of gratitude and things we're thankful for. And um, I will uh, talk to you next week. And we're going to be talking about, uh, I think we're going to be talking about family dynamics next week, which I'm really excited about. So look at your relationships, see where you're at, see where your level of self-care is, and adjust accordingly. So between now and then, take care of yourself, stay connected, and we'll talk to each other very soon. Bye-bye. We so appreciate you and your support in spreading this crucial message to your family, your friends, and your coworkers. Your greatest compliment to us would be for you to refer your loved ones to the podcast and classes at connectionsclassroom.com. Please go on to YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and follow us for continual education, motivation, and truth. Stay connected, my friends.